everyone, Frank and Darren back again, the Slaughter Lamb Movie Podcast. And this time, the best and worst of Hellraiser. Yes, it's about time we got to this series. And we're going to start it. Because guess what? That new movie or show's coming out on Hulu. So <laughs> why not kick off with the first Hellraiser? Let's begin. <laughs> Darren, Hellraiser, was that on the video nasty list? No, it was way after that. It was about Are you five years me? after. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that whole thing had died down at this point. This was, what, 87? The video nasties were over and done with by then. Because Would it have been on the video nasty, you think? Oh, I'm pretty sure it would have been. Because <laughs> there was things that were uh, on that list that were nowhere near as graphic as this. Hellraiser. Uh, a British movie, I would assume, correct? Yes. I'm claiming it. Because midway through production, they decided to, this is going to go out for a, American audience, but it's so, it might not be too recognizable to an American audience, but for the British audience watching this, the exterior shots are all the UK. The exterior shots, there's one where they're walking along the South Bank in the UK and Battersea Power Stations in the background, but yet it's supposed to be in America. Now, there's a scene where he says to the British girl, to, um, to, to, to Julia, um, something about being back on her turf, but you would think that would mean the UK, but clearly it doesn't. They're they're in, in the US because everybody else in this film is pretty much American. There's the odd British guy in it. Even the, the guys lifting the bed up the stairs, and they take ages with that bed messing around, don't they? Those two, are one of them's a British director, and the other one's a British kind of sitcom actor. But when they speak, they've got these American accents, which, oh, which no, is just bizarre. Is- Awful. And the dubbing is terrible. Oh, it's, it's the guy who plays, uh, I think his uh, last name is Chapman, uh, Frank Cotton. Uh, yes. Is, is, he's, a, he's, he's, a, he's a countryman of yours, isn't he? I think so. I presume his voice was dubbed because that was you like something out. That was like something out. The water margin was his voice. <laughs> Can I come in? Can I come in? It's me, Frank. <laughs> and you're banging everybody? With that voice, yeah, old Frank's a bit of a swordsman, isn't he? He's um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's that that voice is. Um, it must be something in the name. I don't know. Oh, oh, yeah. Ha ha. But directed and written by Clive Barker, as we mm. all know, is British. So who I mean, infa- infamously went on the set and asked, "Who's in charge?" And like, who, who you are? And he was like, "Ah, oh, okay." Um, Funny man. I met him at an actual convention. He's 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 got some wit about him. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. a real funny guy. And when they had the uh, um, Hellraiser um, reunion, mm. um, you know, uh, Ashley Lawrence was there. The rest of the Cinnabites with Doug Bradley and uh, Clive Barker was there, and they were just it was just mobs and mobs of people trying to yeah, get at him. Yeah. And of course, the longest line was for Clive Barker because he's usually over in the UK and that's where he stays most of his, yeah, you know, yeah. 100%. Still directing and still writing, right, Darren? He's doing bits and bats, I think, yeah. yeah. But make no mistake, despite my comments at the start that this is a fantastic horror film. Oh, I love it. And I saw it when it first came out, not in the cinema, unfortunately. Saw it on VHS when it first came out, and I've loved it ever since. I think it's terrific. I'm not sure about... Hellraiser 2 is really good as well. Mm-hmm. After that, I think I saw 3, and that's it. I didn't bother with anything after 3. Uh, but I am excited for the new one. Early word is good. And, you know, there's a lot of YouTube channels whose opinion I trust 
who were talking about it like it's the best thing since the original, since this mm-hmm. one. So I'm kind of like fired up for this. I really want to, um, you know, I really want to see it. Good. Um, in your opinion, Hellraiser, definition of body horror? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I never thought of it like that, but yeah. Yeah, so I'd if say somebody so. says to you, you know, I need a good body horror movie, and they haven't mm. seen any body horror movies ever, you, would you say, go see Hellraiser first? Yeah, I'd say, I'd suggest Hellraiser as a body horror film. I never thought of it like that before, you know, because I always think of things like The Thing and The Fly as body horror films, but it has got moments of ickiness mm-hmm. uh, in this film, which kind of rivals those movies. Bob Keane, who did the effects on this film, who had a kind of, you know, a, a, a background of, I think he did, and i got to remember this, but I'm pretty sure he worked on Superman. He's uncredited, but he worked on Superman, Star Wars, Return of the Jedi, Alien. Um, so he, he had a great apprenticeship. And then eventually, obviously, he went off and did his own makeup effects for, for, for this film. And they're terrific. They still look amazing today. They really oh. do. Disgusting. Awesome. Yeah. Oh. yeah. 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 Perfect. Um, okay. Start off. Your best character. Oh, best character on this, I would say, is Andrew Robinson's portrayal of, well, whatever you want to call him, Larry or Frank. In this. <laughs> I think, you know, I've always been a fan of his, right from Dirty Harry and Cobra when he was the kind of, you know, the really strict cop in that film. Um, he's a terrific actor. And uh, I think in this, the moment when he switches at the end, when there's that kind of switch and, and Frank becomes Larry or Larry becomes Frank, whichever way you want to look at it. His his performance in that is superb, really is. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it sends chills down my spine when you get that final moment when he's laughing, um, when all the hooks are in his face. It's it's excellent. And he's also checking his skin, right? When Frank becomes mm. his brother, he's going like yeah. this with his eye. And he's, he's yeah. you see where the blood, where his skin just came on. Exactly. Where the hairline <laughs> is. Yeah. Uh, and he switches from being this lovable father mm. and this decent human being into a creep, uh, just like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's, it's and they do pretty, something with the eyes, don't they? I think that yeah. he, I think he has, he has some lenses in or something to make them look like Frank's eyes. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but for me, my best characters are the Cinnabites. It has to mm. be these. These are the. These are four. Um, that everybody remembers. The, of course, Pinhead is the, the, the cover character for this whole series. Yeah. Uh, either though his his role, or Doug Browley's role, is is only minutes on screen total. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, you got the female Cinnabite, you got Chatterer, and you got Butterball. You know, these are, these are the <laughs> four. <laughs> Butterball. These are the four Cinnabites that started this whole genre. And I have to include them as my best character because... With, without Larry and Frank and Julia and Kirsty, um, you don't really have a movie. You can actually, without the Cenobites, you could throw mm. the other four characters away, in my opinion, and have these characters, these Cenobites, uh, in a movie on, or, on its own, because that's what basically Hellraiser 3 was, was a movie about Pinhead. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they're my best characters, as are the Cenobites. But it's, so. it's odd that they don't feel like the main antagonists in this film do they no they they no. They're, they're almost like kind of on the periphery all the time they're not um you know because the the bad guy in this film for me has always been frank 
Um, and I don't know, I can't speak for any of the other Hellraiser films as to whether they are the, the kind of main villain uh, in those films. Apart from two, I can't really remember two. I'm going to have to watch it again. But um, yeah, they're, they're, they're almost kind of on the edge all the time, aren't they? But incredibly menacing. And yeah, the look of them is just so imaginative. And, and back then, what were we now, 35 years ago, this film? Makeup again on Doug Bradley and all the rest of the guys is just top notch. So yeah. original, so imaginative, but let down by one thing, which I'll talk about in a bit. Okay. <laughs> all right. Speak of that, your worst character. Um, the engineer. What the hell is that thing? Someone's pushing it around on the front of a shopping cart when it's pulling itself down the <laughs> corridor. And there's one bit where it kind of hits one of them in the face and it's sort of like i don't know it's like mac and me's arm you remember mac and me the little kind of aet ripoff um punching someone in the face and i think it is it is it um kirsty's boyfriend or someone that gets hit Steve. in the face by it yeah yeah, yeah. it uh, it just looks t it hasn't stood the test of time at all and it reminds me of a poor version of you remember the effects work in American Wolf in London when he's crawling through the streets in Piccadilly? And they had him on a... If you watch the making of they had him on a wheelbarrow, didn't they? I think it was Rick Baker's arms. He was, pull, he was pulling himself along. It's kind of like that, but just completely shot from the wrong angle. And to say they did the makeup of Pinhead and Frank, this just looks like a kind of afterthought. It's like we ran out of time to create this thing and... I guess the engineer is the main antagonist amongst the kind of centipites or something. Am I getting that right? I can't remember now. But eh, um, I would say, like you know, the gatekeeper to, to hell yeah. or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Um, and <laughs> and um, it just look it looks terrible. It's it's a shame that that kind of let that's the one thing that lets this movie down. There's not a lot that lets this movie down at all. But the engineer is probably the, the biggest thing to let this down it kind of remind me of uh, Kane from poltergeist 2 where steve was okay. drinking the uh drinking the uh tequila bottle yeah and he swallowed the, With worm, the worm yes and he came out and he was flopping you know around which is a real actor a real actor who actually um I forgot his name. He passed away recently, but anytime they needed somebody who, um, a Vietnam uh, war veteran who had lost his appendages, and he actually made a career out of being in makeup and being that type of uh, entity okay. or monster. So uh, he actually was, you know, Kane walking around. Mm. It reminded me of that, but this one was like an inchworm on crack. You know, just holding on to the to the wall, but then he wasn't holding on to the wall, and you kind of like feel like. He's not scary, right? You could just turn around and no. just punch him in the face. Yeah. And he would and probably bark the, and run around. They could have shot it so much diff so differently and, and it would have been a little bit more effective. But you can see the, the rail or the trolley or whatever it's on being pushed forward down the corridor and it, it was like a ghoulie. Like a, <laughs> it does a bit, doesn't it? The thing coming out of the toilet? Yeah. <laughs> what of yeah, them. it does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I, I wish I could agree with you. He's uh, it's not my worst character. Wait, wait, you've I, got I, something worse than that. I got something. Now, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna go on a rant. <laughs> Brace yourselves. 
Here we so go. I have two, actually. I, I crossed one out, and I'm going to save the one I crossed out for later because when I watched this movie again, I thought Steve, Kirsty's boyfriend or love interest, was an actual asshole. Um, oh, right. Okay. He was... Uh, he was ingesting his cigarette and bringing it back out of his mouth and she was turned on by that girl get yourself go out more there's better guys than this the guy who could suck his own cigarette into his mouth and that weird ass haircut and then she he was giving her some more wine he says no if i uh, i can't have any more i can barely stand and she says and uh, that's what she said and he goes then lay on the floor and the father larry just looks over and smiles like there's something about to get assaulted here in a minute uh, by this guy Steve. He 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 does he's 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 not needed in this movie. There's no need for a love interest out of, rather than Julia, who's uh, essential to the plot, uh, mm. Steve can be thrown away. Um, so that's not my rant. My rant is going to be oh, right. <laughs> I crossed off Larry. I thought Larry was going to be my worst character. Okay, really? Here I come. Yes. Larry's a pussy. Okay. <laughs> He's afraid of blood. <laughs> he goes and runs to Julia. I said he was going to throw up. With the sight of blood, it makes him queasy. He pawns off his daughter um, to this guy, Steve. And see, there's a love attraction. This, this guy, Steve's an asshole. <laughs> um, if this guy wasn't interested more in sweaty boxing instead of his wife next to him then she wouldn't need to go to frank larry is this when they in that love scene when it was with larry and julia and she said she couldn't bear it that wasn't because of frank standing there watching it was literally because of larry he probably had half a <laughs> semi and before viagra was even invented couldn't do anything with her she'll go with anybody but larry watch your brother larry watch frank do that and he she wouldn't be running <laughs> off with your brother be a man. He's the Eddie of Hellraiser. You know how there's always an Eddie in, in Friday the 13th that are just assholes? Yeah. Eddie's the one in part seven who was in his tidy whiteies trying to give it to that one girl, and he's going to go screw around with a soap on a rope. <laughs> That's Larry in this one. Larry, you know, he's there getting all bonered up for two guys fighting. Maybe if he did that to Julia, she wouldn't be going fucking a corpse upstairs. What does that say about you? But I do like the actor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, your best line. Okay. Best line is I just, I mean, it's an obvious one, um, but it's become iconic and it's a signature for this whole, for the character and for the franchise. And it's just Doug Bradley's delivery of, delivery of we'll tear your soul apart which i thought every time i see that and the intensity that he brings to that line is i mean i've been pretty much all of his lines in this film um apart from one which kind of makes me laugh a little bit when she's messing with the box and he goes no don't do that <laughs> it's a bit like a dalek at that point um but yeah like no the he is a little bit, <laughs> what the hell but the, the "we'll tear your soul apart" is my favourite line. Not just in um, in this film, but I just think again, it's 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 such an iconic line in in horror pop culture, and and 
um, and the Hellraiser franchise. Like out of what I've seen, I've seen, like I say, I've seen the first three. It's like, uh, you know, uh, what does he say? Angels to some, demons to others. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, you hang on to every word Pinhead talks. Yeah. Talk about yeah. Every word. Uh, but my best line, it has to say, it has to be, um, oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering, which is absolutely <laughs> Doug Bradley's favorite line. line. He actually yeah. said at a convention, that's his favorite line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, which is fantastic. Um, it, the, anything Pinhead says, it just resonates and gives you chills. They're t shirt mm-hmm. captions. T yeah. shirt captions. Oh, yeah. 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 It's a, it's a great character, a great. And, and and performed so well in every, like I say, I've only seen the first three, but Doug Bradley does nail it in all those three films. Yeah. Um, your worst line. It's the way that Frank speaks to Julia. Oh, that's just pillow talk. <laughs> and it, that's, that's, I do, I do, no, but it, it, there's, there's, a, like the, there's that bit when, um, after the first kill, when he goes, every drop of blood you spill puts flesh on my bones. Come here. Come here, damn it. I want to touch you. <laughs> He's like a pantomime villain or something. And you know what? She reciprocates. She comes well, back. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Petrified of him. That's why. Well, no. She remembers what on her wedding night. The, no, the, okay. The, the, the flowering <laughs> that she got with that. That that pipe next to uh, her with the two people having intercourse on it. It was just <laughs> pipe. <laughs> that, that 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 blunt, whatever that what they were smoking out of. Uh, I agree with you. But, but I, I, I had another. Uh, sorry, I was. Well, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I can't another, wait to hear another Frank line. Well, there's a there's a there's a second line as well. There's a second oh, line ahead. as well, yeah, which, which is um, it, which is also Frank to Julia, and he goes, "Find me somebody else before they come looking." Now, <laughs> she he talks to her like shit. You. <laughs> you go out and do it. Go find him yourself. <laughs> yeah. Go find your own skin. You know what? <laughs> what would happen if Julia gave him chickens? What? To, yeah, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? He would looked like um, feathers and a big beak. What did you say? You'd like like one of the guys in um, uh, Stir Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got a bank. You'll, oh. Yeah, the Julia, you gave me chickens. Damn it! Now I'm laying eggs all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Throws an egg at the door. <laughs> They're playing boxing. You know, he's watching boxing. All of a sudden, Larry hears, bah, bah. <laughs> what the hell is that? Oh, dear. <laughs> well, yeah. Does he really need human blood? Because he's eating rats, right? He's taking the blood off of rats up there. And he is. And he's peeling yeah. them in half. And <laughs> yeah, he's up Find me somebody else before the chicken bites come back. <laughs> Damn rats. Getting a big fucking nose. <laughs> now I have to move to Disney. Oh dear! Uh, I agree with you. There's one line from uh, uh, for Frank that actually just creaked me out. Is when he sees uh, his niece Kirsty uh, for the first time and pushes her up against the wall and says, "I used to tell myself that. I used to try and pretend I was dreaming all the pain, but don't you kid yourself. Some things have to be endured, and that's what makes the pleasures so sweet." I think he's talking about. Assault. Yeah. No. Of course. Yeah. He's. He's. Yeah. It's absolutely he's, he's a young niece. Oh, you've grown beautiful. Yeah. Come to daddy. 
And I was just like, sure. <laughs> That's his line throughout. He he was he was you know he was shouting that stuff off, all that come to daddy, who's your daddy, and all that kind of thing. Way, <laughs> way, way daddy. before <laughs> way before anybody else was. <laughs> Could he have opened up a business called Come to Daddy Daycare? <laughs> Would that be awful? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, your best kill, because we go on about Frank, we're gonna get arrested. Yeah, yeah. Um I I think the best kill has to be well, I'm gonna bring it back into it. It's Larry or Frank, whichever one you want to call it. I agree with you hundred um, percent. Getting yep. ripped in half, uh, ripped to pieces um oh. at the end there. It's a great piece of effects work. And it's the bit where where Ashley Lawrence just turns as she comes out the door and you see him disintegrate in the background. Um terrific shot. Really, really cool. And he is, he's licking his lips. And what's the final line? Yes. Says, Jesus, Jesus wept. wept. Oh. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> but you could say that's one of the best lines in the film as well, but that would have been the kind of obvious one. Um, yeah. Yeah. You could tell he's in pain and everything. And the, what made it, I, I think what, I don't know if he would be in pain because it gets right underneath the skin. Is the skin is attached to him or is it just some kind of suit? It has to be. They made it, I guess, like some kind of suit because it's easily being stretched. Like yeah. It's actually not um, um, a, a, a her to or adhere to his bones or his muscles mm. yet because it's still loose and wiggly a little bit. You can yeah, still yeah. hear him squishy. Yeah, and you can um, see the seams at the side as well. You know? Yeah, a zipper in the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zip. Yeah, I agree with you. Frank's kill, awesome. And I think it's um, anytime they uh, bring up Hellraiser on a documentary or they uh, put it on an, any kind of um, show, they always present it with Frank's death as Larry. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, it's fantastic with those chains around and you hear yeah. clinging and clanging. Great. Yeah. yeah. I don't uh, know how long it took to do that makeup, but it's also, I mean, all of the makeup in this. It's it's just I'm gonna say delicious to look at. If you're a splatter <laughs> fan, it is amazing. Do you know what though? There's one sequence where as he puts the shirt on when he's kind of half kind of you know transformed back to, to, to Frank. Yeah. And you can see it seeping through that white cotton shirt. It's horrible. It it really is a kind of, you know, an FX fan's delight is this film. Because yeah. again, all practical, all actually done. It's, it's juicy. Yeah, it is. It's raw and sore and bloody amazing to look at. Somebody took a. Uh, somebody must have looked at some medical books and got their muscles right. And then mm. the face bone up here. You know, there's, there's no. There's a few muscles up here, but it's really just bone, and that's what they yeah. presented uh, yeah. for us to see in under Frank's eyes. Um, your worst kill. Okay, so I was going to say the I've I've waffled on about the bloody engineer too much, but what I'm going to say is there's that kind of tramp guy. You call him a bum, the guy that's eating the um, crickets, crickets in the in the pet store. Yeah, um, there's a bit at the end which where he turns into um, some sort of. Someone said before to me that it's like the. I remember as a kid, someone saying it's like the. The thing that Charles Dance turns into in um, The Golden Child. <laughs> <laughs> a pterodactyl. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's odd, isn't it? That kind of yeah, that really it, it's it's spoils the ending. And if that's the death of him and rebirth or whatever, I'm, whatever you want to call it, then that's my worst worst kill. Is the is the tramp as he turns into that bat or whatever it is? What yeah. is the significance of that? I have no idea. This is like because it came from hell, and they're going to put it back to where it's the, put it back there. Before he's going to fly right back. I don't know, you know, because when I heard that that guy who has the box, I thought of uh, James Wong. Goodbye, Mister Button. You know, it, was it is like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, What's your pleasure? <laughs> it's always been yours, Mister Cotton. Um. For me, it would have to be my worst kill. I have no idea what that fucking thing is. You never see it again. Never, ever. You know, no, it was no. terrible. Um, but for me, I think my worst kill is that damn rat in the middle of the pleasure scene. Well, what Larry calls pleasure. Uh, and yeah. He's skinning him, you know. And, yeah, that's uh, horrible, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, oh, I can't bear it. I can't bear it. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh no. Are you talking about Frank cutting the rat or... Larry's boner. Yeah, yeah. Well, now she's trying to talk to Frank, isn't she? To, to, to tell him to don't kill him. Yes, yes. Basically. Well, yeah. you know what? He, he, you know, because he, he's watching something he can't have. Well, mm. he does eventually. Uh, that's that's the old uh, saying. I wouldn't touch her with your penis. Well, Larry Frank actually does that. He actually does that in this movie. <laughs> and, he, and finally, Larry gives gives Julie a pounding, kind of. Uh, but yeah, that rat in the beginning, you know, and the, the rats all over the place. Rats on nails and everything. And, and well, the whole place know. is a total shithole, isn't it? That house. Well, Larry thinks it's the greatest house since the White yeah, House. Yeah, I couldn't understand that. <laughs> I couldn't understand why they were all so... Well, Julia knew there was something filthy and horrible about that house. Um, Frank, bed. Uh, yeah, and then she comes around, Kirsty comes around, and she's looking, oh, isn't this nice, and all this kind of stuff. It's a horrible house. It could be nice, but it's just filthy. And wouldn't he have known that there was a horrible smell coming from upstairs where there's a half-rotten brother that's fucking wandering around <laughs> yeah so they clean every part of the house except for that one pl- that one room that, that one room <laughs> shit and pissing all over the place but that, it's, it doesn't look like it's a house it, it looks like a like a, a really tall flat that's not wide no, it's like, a house. like an american house it, it looks like it goes tall that, more than it does wide well that's a lot of what a lot of British houses are like. That's why it sticks out like a sore thumb to me because it's but such it's made a British of Chicago dare, and we all know this, right? Uh, it's, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's a British house. It's a British semi-detached house, which is probably on three levels. And um yeah, it's a very classic nineteen hundreds semi semi-detached house over here. Yeah. Of course, you guys only go back to about 1970, don't you? So you wouldn't have anything like that. No. When when it gets to 108 (laughs) degrees over here, our houses don't melt. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that's why we were were complaining about that, ladies and gentlemen, because the house is not an American-style house. Hmm. It's a a British setup, and they pawn it off, and then... As a young kid, we got we we can believe that it's a house in America, and over there uh, across the pond, people could believe it's a house over there in the UK. But then, as you get older, you kind of say you you're trying to trick us, and we know what's better. 
And we also know, don't you doping. Yeah, the, the, the we can tell, you know, Frank Cotton is English, you know, and powed in another English actress. And Larry can't get it up. I love doing this uh, episode, uh, Darren. I love doing Hellraiser. I can't wait till we get to the sequels. Oh, dear. Do we have to? We can do the first. We can do two and three. We have to go for Hellseeker. We have to do all that. Deader. We, oh, we, we should do two, three in the remake. I, I have no interest in going to Judgment Day and all Ladies that kind of stuff. And I, Ladies and gentlemen, I think we're going to have to say, you know, if you want Darren and I to go through the whole series. Oh, look at his face. <laughs> this is the point where I wish that that kind of that Hellraiser Halloween mashup movie had come out which Weinsteins were trying to get off the ground with Carpenter involved, I believe. I would like to see, this is, this is my idea. Could you imagine that Michael was so unstoppable, as he is, um, that Dr. Wynn called Pinhead to help him take him down? That's the only way you could bring it. That's the you, only you way you could do it. it. I mean, yeah, was Michael exactly. going to be there going like this to the box? <laughs> and hooks come out pull his mask off and he's just like because <laughs> he would actually i think if michael got hooks on him he could just rip him right out couldn't he yeah yeah Aren't you see that oxybotin there would have been a way in through that through the thorn cull or something like that wouldn't there yeah I mean, I haven't. I think ship naked or something like that to bring back this body. Oh, it's always. Oh, I think it's covered in Taking Shape too, but I haven't read it yet. But we should have a look at that sometime and talk about that because it'd be interesting to know how they were going to deliver that. (laughs) (laughs) I was talking about Blank and Ship naked. You know, she's there with the puzzle box, and the you know Pinhead comes out with those hooks, and they she he just goes nope. (laughs) He just goes back into the box. Oh, because oh. we all know, like we said, ladies and gentlemen, all cults are nothing but sex. That's all it yeah, is. Yeah. Um, my best moment is, of course, you go first. Go first, Dan. Uh, my best moment is the rebirth of Frank, I think. That sticky, gooey mess, That all, all that practical. We've spoken at length about the practical effects yeah. in this, but um, it's just top-notch, the way that he's reborn out of the ground, out of the floorboards, if you like. And uh, but as I said before, Bob Keane just did an amazing job. And you can see where, you know, Bob Keane was actually credited for for waxwork. And some of his work on waxwork is is superb. And and it it really stands out in this film. Does um, that sequence, I think all the sequences do apart from the engineer. But that one birthing of Frank is I think it's because it's a kind of it's a different kind of color palette to the rest of the movie that it's this kind of yellowy gray (laughs) goo that's all over the place isn't it it's dripping and sticky and a bit like you know something you would see on one of the alien creatures or something um i just i just i just thought that that rebirthing scene was terrific really really good stuff kind of like fright night-ish right hmm yeah yeah, like that reverse melting get that. and everything. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. My best moment is actually where the uh, Cinnabites, uh actually every time, actually when they meet Kirsty for the second time, for the first time, and hmm. we get all those amazing lines and that music score is undeniable. Oh, yeah, undeniable. Christopher Young, 
Yeah. Great orchestral piece. You know, she's playing with the uh, the box for the first time, and you hear, Dung, which I thought was some ripoff of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. I thought. Yeah, it's, there's yeah, elements of it, I guess. Yeah, this is similar, I guess. But um, yeah, th- this score by Christopher Young's fantastic. And I don't know if they used it throughout the franchise at all on any of any of the other films. Like I said, I'd have to go back and watch them because it's 30 years since I've watched any of the other films. So, um, but yeah, it, it always sticks in my head as the score to this movie. When you see that blue light coming through the uh, the cracks of the wood yeah. here, then all of a sudden you, know, you get Chatterer putting his two fingers in Kirsty's mouth. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's got different colored fingers and everything, hasn't he? Which, yeah, yeah, on his glove and everything. And then, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Anytime the Cenobites get introduced and when they're playing with the box and that beautiful score comes on, Oh, it just it it it, it gives me uh, chills up my spine because it's mm. them. It's coming. It's it's you know another for lack of a better term, our one pinhead is on some people's uh, Mount Rushmore. Of, yeah, uh, you know of uh, slashers. I, he's not really a slasher, is he? No, no he's really. a, it's a demon. Demon, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, he uh, they started that whole eighties craze those Cenobites in this movie. I love this mm. movie. Great. It's mm. awesome. I do. I agree. I don't think they ever made a definitive edition yet, did they? They did. I think Arrow have got one. And it has a 90-minute or two-hour documentary on there or something. Wow. Um, gotta, which is worth it. watching. I watched I it a few years ago. It's great. Arrow does some amazing stuff, don't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. you got to look it out. All right, Darren. Uh, again, <laughs> anything you'd like to uh, say while we end this episode? No, I think we're good. We've We've... we've Talked Hellraiser to death now. <laughs> yep. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll continue. But let Darren know that you want him to go through the whole series. Oh. And I'll be there. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus wept. Wept. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next time. Hope you have a good night and a good day, depending on where you are in the world. And as always, stick to the roads. And the best of luck. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.